Welcome to Candy Chat, a weekly podcast where candy isn't just a treat, it's the main event. Hosted by your guides through the candy aisle, two sweet talkers all the way from Chicago, Jocelyn Gayboy and Leah Jones. Welcome to Candy Chat. This is a weekly podcast where candy isn't just a treat, it's the main event. We are your guides through the candy aisle all the way from Chicago. I am Leah Jones. I'm here with my co-host Jocelyn Gayboy. Jocelyn, how are you tonight? I am great. I'm excited about this episode, and I think all of you should be excited about it too. People should get pumped because tonight we have coming all the way from Montreal, the president of Splendid Chocolates and a good friend of mine, Doug Lieberman. Doug, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on to your Canadian dominant candy podcast. It truly is. It, it is. This is. It could just be uh, two Chicago girls learn about Canada. Yeah, right? It's great to see you. And oddly going, all of our Canadian guests so far have also been like Montreal Jews. So I'm I'm really keeping it focused. Niche. We're doing niche. That is, I mean, yeah, podcasting is super niche. So if you're looking for Montreal reference candy for Chicago area, this is definitely the podcast for you. Number one in that category, I think. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. We're, going, we're going to the top. Good. So, Doug, is this in the United States? We're coming up on Labor Day. Uh, I know that we are, are, and it's also Rosh Hashanah. Then the day after that, is this a end of summer holiday weekend for you in any way, shape, or form? Yes, we have Labor Day and Rosh Hashanah both the same. Okay, yes, we saw yeah Labor Day is the same in Canada as well, so it will be a long weekend. Yeah, I really haven't wrapped my head around what my friends are doing for this combination super holiday weekend. Um, are you going to stay home? Or are you going to travel a little? I mostly just stay home now because I can't go anywhere. <laughs> but yes, we, yeah, we're staying home. Actually, that's not true. I'm not staying home. I tried to make a sarcastic comment and it backfired totally. I'm actually going camping with some friends of mine. Yes, which my wife organized for me. It was my birthday last weekend. And my wife organized to, with a bunch of friends behind my back, got the whole thing organized that the, we're going to go out and go camping for the weekend. So yes, I am very excited about that. I haven't gone anywhere, but now I am going somewhere. Yeah, this is the first trip of the summer, basically. Yeah, we were going, pandemic. yeah, we had a cottage going back and forth a little bit. We rented for the summer, but yeah, not very far. Yeah. And Jocelyn, you are up in Wisconsin? I am. I'm literally in my mom's basement. So put me, I can be a gamer tomorrow, I guess. Let's do it. <laughs> live from, live from mom's basement. So yeah, it's happening. Yeah, I'm in Wisconsin. I'm going to help, you know, help my mom get some stuff done and eat all sorts of, you know, if I'm ever during the week when I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm fat. I hate it. I want to lose weight. Like I'm going to start eating this way. And then I come up and I eat pizza. I get, we're going to get fish fry tomorrow. Um, many snacks, many midnight cakes, many, like it's doesn't, this is a great way to start the weekend. Let's just put it that way. So what is a midnight cake? Me waking up and getting more cake in the middle. Of- <laughs> me eating more cake of the cake that we already have. That is, you know, that d- delicious like buttercream, whatever. It's unrelated to go puff. It's just my personal eating style. You know, it comes midnight, need some sugar. That's always, you know, I think they tell you it's the best time to have sugar is midnight. So right. I adhere to those principles. Fantastic. 
I really th- I was like, oh, this is another Wisconsin brand I don't know about. The Midnight Cake. No. No. Just disordered eating. It's good. <laughs> I'm fine with it. So we have Doug on this week. Doug, like I said, president of Splendid Chocolates. You are a third generation confectioner? Yes. My grandfather started in chocolate manufacturing in Poland uh, in the early 1930s. He, he apprenticed for a company called Suchard and became a master chocolatier. And then after World War II, um, set up shop, uh, he set up shop in Munich. And then as he was waiting to get um, some place to leave Europe and, 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 uh, and emigrate, uh, came to Montreal, put a small chocolate shop together here. And then in the mid-70s, my father got into mass production uh, with a small factory, and now we've grown uh, over the years. And now I run the I run the business today. Okay, so Leah was like, "Do you have your questions ready?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I got some questions, but you know how it's going to be with me." Here's question number one: You say master chocolatier. Is that like a sommelier? Is there like a rank or a test or something that, or is that just kind of like, look, I've been doing this for 50 years. I'm fucking master at my trade. So when my grandfather did it, it was back in the time where people would do apprenticeships. So it was a designation uh, for an apprentice. Oh, so he did his apprentice so, and then it. became a master chocolatier. So got it. It was probably like master carpenter, master other right? Too. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. So it'd cool. be like a degree, but like an on-the-job kind of. Right, right, right. The minute you said apprentice again, I was like, oh, right, like in the trades. It's the chocolate trades. I love it. I want to be in the right. chocolate trades. What, is there a chocolate union? How can I do this? Like that's sign me up. I, I right. think you just get into it. Okay. Yeah. There are chocolate schools. There are like confectionery schools you can go to. Really? Like specific industry classes. Yeah. They used to have, well, not during COVID, but they had a weekend or week long or a couple week classes you can go to and learn how to do all this stuff. Yeah. Oh, wow. One of the things that is always, I don't know what the word is, it fascinated, intrigued. I see it and I think, that looks smart, but I would never be able to do it is on any cooking show when they whip mm-hmm. out that double boiler to like melt chocolate down. I'm like, that always looks delightful. I could, I don't think I would be able to pull it off, but it always looked by the end of the, the scene, whatever the top chef or whatever it is, it's so melty and rich and delicious. And I'm very excited about it. Yeah, that's the, so that what they're doing is tempering that. And that's the key to chocolate making, which is why when chocolate melts and the you might melt chocolate in the microwave, and then you put it in the fridge to cool it, it becomes all grainy and sandy and gross because tempering is what they're doing in that double boiler is they're, they're mixing it and creating the good crystals in the chocolate. And that's what gives it a nice snap, a smooth mouthfeel and a long shelf life that you don't get uh, like the gray spots on it, which we call balloon. Blooming. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. That right yeah. off, right out the gate, everybody, whoever is listening to this right out the gate, I'm getting info. Info tempering. It's Love a better. It. It's a much better answer than I was like, because in the in the episode that you haven't listened to yet, we talk about Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory in Durango, Colorado, and their right. annual bloomer sale, which is when locals would buy the uh-huh. bloom chocolate. So that's, that's the only fine. reason I knew. I, I was like, well, that. yeah. If chocolate has is like a little got like a little white sheen to it, like a local will buy it because we know it still tastes not tourist prices. Yeah, no, I've but I never knew what it was. 
So, okay, so what bloom is, is if you ever have chocolate that's sitting, especially if it's sitting around in the sun or a hot car or whatever else, or in the back of your closet, uh, your cupboard for a while, it'll create, they'll get these white dots on it. Yeah. It's not mold. So what it is, is it's the fat migrating from the chocolate. So uh. in regular chocolate, it's cocoa butter and it's just the cocoa butter separating coming to the top. But if you have like a peanut butter cup or an almond butter or something else, then there's more oil and fat in the center of it. And then that oil can move through the product. So a peanut butter cup product will bloom faster than just solid dark chocolate. Interesting. I was somehow, I must, this tells you what kind of chocolate hound I am. I'm, I've known this b- term bloom for years and years and years. And clearly it's because I a don't eat like I alternatively hoard things and also eat them like crazy. So I'm sure at some point years ago, I was like, Oh no, my chocolate looks fucked up. Like, can I eat this? And I doubt I even Googled it. Who did I even ask the library? I don't know, but I've known for a long time. You can still <laughs> eat that shit. I will eat desperado con- candy and I will eat bloom chocolate without a second thought. So if you had just a plain chocolate bar, a milk chocolate or a dark chocolate bar, and it was bloomed, and then you put it, we're going to go back to the beginning. If you put that into your double boiler, you can retemper it, and it would go back and look like new again. Interesting. Now, nah, I'm not going to do that for Hershey's, though. I'm just eating it. No, Slow but I, I am going to do it for, I usually overbuy my chocolate. I, I do like a sweet potato flourless chocolate cake for Passover. Mm. or yeah like with canned sweet potatoes how have i not heard about this p.s let's get to that you don't ever come to my seder i don't think i've ever been invited to a seder by you have i that's impossible you're invited all right put put me on the books (laughs) next year i'm there it's a it's either a pumpkin or a sweet potato cake and i i buy like the kosher chocolate blocks and then I only need to use one. And then the next year I'm like, oh, it went bad. But no, I can, because I have to temper it to do like the ganache, I should be okay. So I will keep right. the chocolate in my pantry right now. That's so cool. So kosher for Passover chocolate may bloom a little bit faster because the difference is, besides the fact that they've cleaned the equipment and, 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 and koshered the equipment for Passover, they, there's no soy lecithin in uh, kosher oh. for Passover chocolate because there's because it's soy, right? And that's that's considered not appropriate for all types of Passover, although some Passover, mm-hmm. some uh, divisions it is or, or whatever. Um, and then the soy lecithin acts as a little bit of a stabilizer inside chocolate, so that'll help bloom a little bit too. So that's probably why it blooms faster. Okay, like that's always I see in any food an emulsifier, right? Yeah. I don't know but much soy about that. It's just soy. Like it's not, yeah, it's very little bit, but it, it, it basically, uh, okay. So the best way to describe an emulsifier is you ever buy organic peanut butter? Yeah. Have you ever seen organic I've peanut seen, butter? Yeah. Like it's all oil. <laughs> yeah. I made the sad. face of a woman who's right. like, no, because it gets oily. Why would I buy it? Yeah, yeah I know. We're sad. We <laughs> have sad faces it. right now. <laughs> yes, we've seen it. Boo. First, if you ever buy it, you can keep it upside down in, in the fridge and that'll help from that. But besides that, um, that's so that it, um, it's emulsification. It's basically the same as a salad dressing. You make a salad dressing, right. you, you put the oil in the and you shake it together, it, it, it becomes homogenized and mixed. So peanut butter, uh, organic peanut butter will separate. That's the oil separating the oil or the fat separating from, I know I call it fat. It's gross. It's an industry term. It's oil. Sorry. Um, it's fat. It it's separates oil. from the yeah. solids. Yeah, so it separates from the solid, so it's lost its emulsification. So mm. that's why in um, Skippy peanut butter or Skippy uh, or whatever peanut Jeff. butter, 
Jeff, yes. The good, the good stuff. Um, Skippy, always Skippy. Skippy, always Skippy. I just realized Twizzlers Red Vines has a peanut butter alternative, which is Skippy Jif, which it sounds like we might be on the opposite sides of Leah. Yeah, because I would only ever buy Jif extra crunchy peanut butter because I am a person with good taste. Oh, and crunchy to boot? Damn. Damn. Crunchy peanut butter is the best peanut butter. The best. Oh, yes. You need texture. So here's the thing. This has been an ongoing theme. Peanut butter has been an ongoing theme in this fucking podcast. Here's the thing. If I wanted peanuts, yes, I would eat peanuts. But guess what? I don't. So I'm going to eat. You don't want peanuts except for when you want a Pearson salted nut roll, a payday, (laughs) like everything else you want with peanuts in it. Yeah, but not like actual like, I don't know. I'm just saying I want creamy, sugary, non-crunchy ass skippy. It might as well be like. A, sh- a shy short of Nutella. Like, you know what I mean? Just give me Skippy. That's all I want. But the great thing about crunchy peanut butter is it's not anything different in your peanut butter. It's just peanut butter that they didn't blend as much. So it's just, it's the same. It's just texture of the peanuts that aren't squished as much as the other peanuts. But the, I mean, the, 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 the issue, it, we, we're all yeah. saying the, the word and it's the issue for me and many, many things in my neurodivergency, texture. Like, I just can't. Yeah. I just can't. But that's no, the thing. I just can't with that. No. What do you put on a peanut butter sandwich besides peanut butter? I either do, I like toast peanut butter, crunchy peanut butter, and honey is really nice. Mm. Um, if I'm at, like, a breakfast buffet, I'll do peanut butter and banana. Um, or I'll buy a jar of like fancy jam and use it twice and then promptly forget about it. So consistently I can go through peanut butter and honey. That's like a consistent sandwich for me. So as you could see, there were crickets on my end because the answer is nothing. I Ah. hate, I hate cooked fruit, so I don't like jelly or jam. The only thing I've ever put on peanut butter sandwich besides peanut butter, which is really out of pocket, is pickles. Dill pickles. It's my dad. He taught me. <laughs> this This has been coming up way more times. I've never heard of that, but that it's, sounds super cool. It's been coming up way more times in the last month. Both me telling people, oh, yeah, this ha- this is something he taught us. And then I just saw it like a BuzzFeed article, Life Hacker, some bullshit. I was like, oh, yeah, right, exactly. Pickles and peanut butter. I haven't eaten that in a very long time, 30, hmm. 30 years probably. It doesn't sound... That sounds like the sandwich that somebody who's never met, somebody who's pregnant would say that a pregnant woman would eat. Yeah. Uh, it's they- like... From a cartoon about pregnancy. Right, right, yeah. right. What about you, Doug? What do you do with peanut butter? Uh, so I, I do like um, bananas and honey together, but not hot because I don't like when the peanut butter gets all melty. Mm. But if it's just a sandwich that I'm going to take with me, raspberry jam with seeds, that's it. Oh, raspberry jam with seeds. Extra, t- you're just yeah. leveling up on the texture. Salt texture, yeah, for sure. Oh, wow, wow. Otherwise, well, this... it's just too much mushiness, and that's why I yeah. do the toast. It, it I does... don't like it when it gets melty. It's true. I do sometimes end up 
in a race against the honey, the hot honey and the hot peanut butter and my shirt, it can, it gets risky. I'll admit that it's a risky proposition and better done before I change out of my pajamas. Well, and I'm also texture wise, I'm also a weirdo about like, like, I don't like a lot of peanut butter. I don't like, I, I need just enough mayonnaise slash Miracle Whip to make a tuna sandwich or an egg salad sandwich wet, right? Just a little bit wet. Like, I don't like a lot of, like too much of it, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like a, a good piece of toast with a very thin layer of peanut butter because then it melts right into the toast and I don't have to do anything with it. It's just slightly in there. I, I'm, let's just, can we just talk about, or just let me say maybe for the first time, maybe for the hundredth time, we don't know on the podcast, the toast is just an unmatchable food. It is, it's just perfect. Oh, toast is wonderful. I'm with you on that. I like toast with um, another another good toast is a cinnamon and sugar toast. Oh, yeah. Like really like an irresponsible amount of sugar and cinnamon. If you're a real devotee, which again, I have not been in, I haven't done that in years, but if you're a real devotee, you take domino sugar and cinnamon and you make yourself a shaker. You make, you, you get that prepared. Mm. So then you don't have to do it every time. It's just like, boom, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I do like that, but I rarely, I always, I think that's, I feel like that's one of those things. Like, I feel like my parents made that for me on special mornings sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I try to do that for my kids, but it's something that I always forget about. It's never top of mind when I'm making toast. Right. But now that you're reminding me, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to probably have that later tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I it was, always forget about it. When I was 19 and I had a, internship in San Francisco and I was like I had a $2,000 stipend for the whole summer like flight rent food everything in 1996 so it was it went a little bit further it went much further than it would in today's San Francisco but there were nights when I would get a tortilla and I would butter a tortilla lightly fry it and then put cinnamon and sugar on that and like roll it up that was delicious that's like a pseudo homemade churro, right? Yeah. Ish. I don't think I knew about churros yet. I knew okay. about churros from Taco Bell. Right. <laughs> I knew, but I knew about cinnamon twists from Taco Bell. Right. I didn't right. know right. churros yet. Right. That sounds delightful. It was good. Yeah, that's nice. Um, so Doug, did you always know that you would head into the family business? So I started my career off in the, uh, video game business. And then I was in consumer electronics, uh, in marketing. So both in marketing and product development. Yeah. Um, and then I joined my family business 16, 15, 16 years ago now. Um, I, I think I always knew I would eventually go into the business, but I wanted to get some experience in other companies uh, before I before I joined the business. So my father came out came out of school, worked for my grandfather, and then started right away. So I thought there was an opportunity to bring some other experience uh, into the business. Did you guys always have candy around, or was like one of the like I worked at Dairy Queen and almost never ate Dairy Queen? 
So, uh, yeah, there's not as much chocolate in my house as you think. And my family constantly, I'll talk about something that we're making and they're like, well, why didn't you bring any home? And I just forget to do it. Uh, growing up, there, will, my father only made chocolate, but when my grandparents were still alive, they still had their chocolate shop. And they also had a whole bunch of candy in the chocolate shop. It was like a little chocolate and they made it in the back and they sold in the front. So that was very exciting to go there. Ooh. And my Bobby, all, I mean, my Bobby was the, you know, the, the quintessential Bobby with all of the candy in her purse all the time because she just took it from work. So that was super fun. Going there was fun. Did they make, again, if I talk about this one time in this whole life of this podcast, I'll talk about it 1 million times. Did they make, make, did they make, <laughs> Jack, home of salted <laughs> Pearson salted nut roll and maple creams. Did they make maple creams? So yes, they did have a maple cream product. It wasn't white inside, as you've described before. It was we use they use maple syrup. So it was nice Canada. and mapley. Nice. Yeah, so it was very maple inside. Yeah, yeah, that was a that's a great pro- that was a great product that they that they made. Yeah, Man, what I wouldn't give to have a maple cream from Canada made with maple syrup. Dreams, people. Dreams. <laughs> what 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 were your favorite things that your grandma ha- kept in her purse? Or like when you could go and you could pick anything you wanted, what were you going for? I remember that there's two things that I remember fondly. One of them was there were these little rectangular caramels and they were in a paper wrapped folded uh there was a paper folded with a cow on it they were white and then the front was blue and there was a little picture of a cow and the ends of the way that it was folded was left as two triangles sticking out so that was one and then the second was a product i hadn't seen since their store and actually i was with you in (laughs) israel in our trip and we went into we stopped on the bus and we went into this place i don't remember and there was all this candy there Uh and there was these fruit they were different fruit shapes they looked like fruits and but barely there was like a grape one and a lemon mm-hmm. one and they're kind of like you know maybe about a half an inch they're sort of a little bit crunchy and then they get soft so it's sort of like biting into like a um a bubble like a um a, like a bubble gum ball but not gum inside but that kind of texture like a fresh oh, okay, you know okay. you bite into like a fresh gum ball like a or like but not saltwater taffy. No, not saltwater taffy. Okay. But I do love saltwater taffy. Also. Yeah. Um, yeah. So th- there was just these all these different fruits, and I hadn't seen it in years. And we went into this store, and it's there in the store. And I couldn't believe it. I bought that back. I was very happy to eat that for the rest of the trip. Was that the the goat farm day? No, that was the very very long bus ride day to the south. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think grandparent candy choices are so, my grandpa was a chemist, uh, not a candy chemist, like a regular chemist. Mm. And he was obsessed with black licorice jelly beans, Mm. like, or black jelly beans. And there was a Mm. Christmas where we got him, uh, his own candy machine for pennies that took pennies to fill up with black jelly beans and this is also like reagan is president black jelly beans are 
Like he made the jelly bean market go bananas, right? Because he was right. obsessed with jelly beans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my dad divide, convinced us. This was so fun. Each of us gave grandpa a roll of pennies for Christmas and we wrapped them in very different silly ways. So like a giant box with just a roll of pennies in the middle, a shoe box, an album, like so we kept getting from every grandkid just a roll of pennies. Oh, that's funny. And luckily <laughs> dad kind of timed it right. Like how many rolls of pennies could grandpa stand it open before he got to the licorice jelly bean, the black jelly bean prize. Okay, so that's to say he didn't know he didn't he didn't get that and then get the pennies. You kept giving him pennies. We kept giving him pennies all night. Got it. Got it. (laughs) And then and and then I was just like, black jelly beans, licorice. That's it's like a gross grown up flavor. But now that I'm a grown up, it is like licorice can be such a nice Black licorice, like things that are truly made of out of anise, anise. Do we know? We that's a that's a a query here on the show. Anise, anise. From Montreal, and we speak a lot of French here. I would say anise, but it's okay. probably both. All right, I think it's both too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, Jocelyn. Do you have any good grandma, grandma, grandpa candy? Well, I mean, we talked about the one time those crazy little leather. I didn't even like them that much, but they just remind me of my grandma. Like, yeah. cause it wasn't even the, the anise flavor. It was the fact that they were leathery and disgusting. Like I said, I had the epiphany during the podcast where I was like, Oh, that's probably like very close to actual licorice. Like licorice root is probably chewy and, and rubbery and like weird, you know, that came to me during that. But basically like when I think about grandma, I think about, we did the Brock's pick a mix. We got those crazy ass blue mints. We got the little root beer barrels, cinnamon bears. My grandma and I both loved mm-hmm. a good cinnamon bear. Um, butterscotch, which at that time, most of my young life, I did not like butterscotch. I didn't see the appeal. I can definitely get down on a butterscotch disc now. Um, strawberries, those little weird strawberries that like were wrapped with strawberry yep. paper. You know what I mean? Like whatever mm-hmm. that is. So that's With those are, center inside. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of like those are the kind of things that I think of when I talk about like grandma candies. Like that's what about the little tins with the dusted hard candies inside? Did your grandmothers have that? Yeah. When when you say that, because I literally was just thinking about these earlier in like while we were talking. They're like they were like fruit candies though. They were like really yeah. sour and really like like a lemon one, I think. Mm-hmm. There was different and like a flavors. Raspberry. A little, yes, a little Pist- round tin. Yes. Am I like making pastilles up? Is that a thing? Maybe. I think you're right. Yes, I think you. But I, be, I think loved right. those. Loved yeah. them. So good because I like sour. I like a good, you know, sour sure. suck yeah. candy. Yeah, I loved those. Those were so good. So good. Gonna see how crazy yeah. I am. and they had that that powder was also a, like an added bonus and there'd just be like the the powder that didn't come out with all of them I, left like, behind looking back now and i think probably what it was it was just confectioner sugar like icing sugar mm. and it was used to so they don't stick together so if it got hot or whatever they would uh, they wouldn't all stick yeah. together so kept it separate I think that's probably what, they, or maybe it was starch. It could have been that too, right. starch. Right, uh, but, but it yes, was more it was about. Probably, exactly what you're saying. It was, yes, it was about keeping them moving around and not just one big lob. Yeah, I from think. turning into a, a hockey, a sour hockey puck during right. shipment. Yeah. 
Yeah. So some of the questions, one of the things that we've talked about a lot that Jocelyn knows more than I do, and I suspect you know even more, Doug, is we talk about like crappy American chocolates with compound chocolate. And then we've been trying all these good Canadian chocolates, including yours, which we will talk about later, that are not compound chocolate. So I actually looked this up. I looked this up because you were like, do you have your questions ready? And I'm like, yeah, I'm getting my fucking questions ready. So first of all, can we, can we, uh, can someone give me the Canadian, what's 45 degrees in Celsius, in Fahrenheit? Do we know? 45 degrees Celsius? What is that in Fahrenheit? Pretty fucking hot. Uh, It's like 110 about something like that. Maybe more. You can... So here's what the, some of the things I found. Oh, First of all, it yeah. seems like, okay, and then re, rewind eight it's times. It's 113. First of all, before we go any further, let's get this straight. Because I really don't know, and I say it both. Is it cacao or is it cacao? Cacao. Cacao. Great. Fantastic. Okay. So what I, what I have ascertained, and please tell me all about it, is that compound chocolate, well, I have so many questions. I, this is ADD Central. I have so many questions. But anyway that it's vegetable fats instead of cocoa butter. And then instead of like chocolate liqueur, it's, I don't remember what else it said. It's something else. Oh, I have so many questions. I have okay. so many questions. Like, first of all- you want me to, Let me break it all down for you. Break it I'm down. I'm not gonna answer all of your questions. Okay, break <laughs> it down, break it down. I wanna hear about okay. chocolate and compound chocolate and shit chocolate. Okay. So, Okay, first, let's start with good chocolate and bad chocolate. There's yeah. no such thing as bad chocolate. Okay, okay fair enough. Fair so, enough, fair enough. Or, but I say that in terms of the chocolate that most people like to eat the most. First of all, okay, well, the what I love about this business is there's an emotional connection to chocolate. And Ooh. again, right? Ooh. Yeah. So yeah. when you're eating chocolate, you're not eating it only you're not eating it to, it's not substance you're not eating it because i'm hungry i need to fill my stomach right you're there's and it's yes it tastes great but there's also this emotional connection to it and i think it has to go back with memories and other things like that so the chocolates if you look at different countries around the world and they have different preferences for chocolates or candies it's probably because of that's what the people there grew up on in that generation Right. So Hershey chocolate became like the de facto chocolate in the US because they gave it to the guys in the military. They came home and then everybody started, everybody was eating it. And there was a lot of people in the military. So everybody was eating it. And then that just became the thing that everybody grew up on. So, and as another subset to that question, when you went back and you were looking, why does Hershey chocolate and then it came up as vomit on your search? So, actually, there is an answer to that. And it's not, it's actually not crazy. There is a sour milk taste to Hershey chocolate. So if you go through like real in-depth nerdy chocolate, like sensory evaluation stuff, Hershey chocolate has a sour milk note to it, which is why some people would associate it with, which is why that question comes up because there is this like baby vomity kind of note to it, which is the sour milk kind of taste to it. So so I hope that doesn't ruin my Hershey ever. I hope I never think of that again. Right, but that's not a bad thing. If you've got, just like we talked about sommeliers earlier, like if you have trained your palate to be able to catch different notes instead of right. just be like, chocolate, 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 <laughs> which is my chocolate palate, 
Doug's is a little bit more right. refined, then you're going to catch some of those. Right. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Good. Well, well that's I'm why, not- and I think if people are more sensitive to those mm-hmm. flavors, that's probably why it came up in in the search. That is so okay. funny. Okay, so that's why different, and also different countries. Like you're talking, if you get it, like we talk about Swiss milk chocolate versus British milk chocolate versus Canadian U.S. A lot of that has to do with the cows and what the cows are eating and why the milk tastes different in different countries. So that 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 has a big portion to do. With that. Wow. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Now, compound versus chocolate. So chocolate is reg- the the word the usage of the word chocolate is regulated in many places in the world, US, Canada, Europe. Um, and the way that it's regulated is that it can only chocolate, to call it chocolate, it can only contain certain ingredients. So the basically chocolate contains more or less three different things. So there's chocolate itself from the cacao plant, which is cocoa butter, cocoa solids or cocoa liqueur, those kinds of, so that, and the cocoa solids and cocoa liqueur and cocoa butters, basically they just press the cocoa pods and then like the the oil comes out, that's cocoa butter and the rest of it's dissolved. So that's very easy to understand. So chocolate is one part, then sugar and milk. Okay. So it's not easy for me to understand. We need to go back to that part for a second because yes. it's that is something that's when I look, it was actually on your package when we were like, oh, what's whatever. And I was like, chocolate. I'm like, how is chocolate an ingredient, right? Because I'm like, isn't it like cacao or isn't it like, like what, like, or cocoa, like, right? Like the th- three things you listed in my mind are three different ingredients. So I'm like, but, but, but it's able to be like, that's, in, it's considered its own thing, like its own item. So we would break down those things. So cocoa butter, cocoa salts, but, but the, the reason why I'm combining together is that when now you get into per chocolate with percentages, right? So a 72% yes. dark or a 50% dark. Yeah. We have one coming up. Okay. So whatever. <laughs> so in a dark I have, chocolate, I have my, I've got a, okay. we've got a, we're oh, going to yeah. do an, in another one, we've got a 92% dark chocolate bar. Yep. We've Which I think a, is going to be terrible, but we have to do it. A 72% Belgian dark. And then we have a 74% cocoa happy hippie with orange and geranium. Okay. So when we're talking about dark chocolate now, so milk chocolate has cocoa and in, cacao ingredients. So chocolate stuff plus milk plus sugar, right? Okay. So Roughly about a third, a third, a third. It's, okay. Some is a little bit more sugar, some is less. That's, we'll talk about that later with our stuff. But that's roughly where you're at with that. When you get into dark chocolate, it's very easy. So whatever's not in that percentage is sugar. That's basically it. There's maybe like wow. vanilla and so on. Oh, so there's no so, milk in it at all. Right. So Which, dark chocolate is chocolate. at 92% dark chocolates can be very bitter because there's only 8% sugar in it. Where, right. Uh, 72% is going to be bitter, but less bitter because it's only uh, 28, 28% uh, sugar. And then if you get into like the average dark chocolate is roughly around 45 to 50% uh, 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 chocolate and cocoa ingredients. And then the rest is sugar. Wow. So yeah, it's, 
not that complicated. It, it, it's very easy to understand. Once you understand that, it, it sort of unlocks the whole mystery of why some things are, are more bitter than others. Yeah. So then compound cocoa butter is expensive. And in order to save costs, they, some companies will add other fats into the mix instead of cocoa butter to right. reduce the price of the product. Right. If you add any other fat in any way to it's, chocolate, it's, it's compound. Okay. You can even have cocoa butter in a compound. Right. But if it's know, cut in, at all? No, but you can have cocoa butter in a compound and then put vegetable oil too. It's referred to as compound. Like we would call that a hybrid in the industry, but it's it's compound. Like on a label perspective, you can't call it comp chocolate. That's so what I'm what saying. If it's caught is, with anything, if it's the minute it gets caught with anything that's not cocoa butter, done. Exactly. So that's where you get into the chocolatey, chocolate flavored, chocolate, uh, you know, chocolate. <sighs> anything that doesn't just say chocolate is probably compact. Now you're going to make me go look up all that. Like, I wish I had a York peppermint patty, like, because like, as far as I understand, mm -hmm. York peppermint patty combines two things I'm very obsessed with, compound chocolate and invert sugar, which I, I talk about that constantly as well on this podcast. Uh, yeah. Obsessed, obsessed, like can't understand it, but just love the products it makes. So I'm in it to win it. But you just turn it up, you put it inside out, you flipped it around. What's going on? Invert sugar? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So we actually use this. So we make a product that's basically like a cherry cordial, sort of. It's a Canadian product. Um, it, we, we make it for another, most of what we do is contract manufacturing. So we make it for other brands. So we can't get into the specifics of it, yeah. but we sign confidentiality agreements, but essentially cherry cordial. So we use invert sugar and another product called Invertase, which is another sugar byproduct. And basically what happens is we, we, when we manufacture it, it's thick and then it breaks down over time. So York peppermint patty, there's different ways to produce chocolate. A York peppermint patty is what we would call an enrobed product. So it's we take you take something, you put it on a belt, and it goes under chocolate waterfall, like a Snickers right. bar, a Mars bar, all that stuff. Those yeah, are all yeah. enrobed products, right? Okay. All I love joy, that term. Mounds. Yeah. So the way if the center was uh soft as it becomes when you buy it, it wouldn't be solid enough to put on a conveyor uh... belt, which is like chain link belt and run through the thing so it's produced when it's produced it comes out hard like a puck maybe not quite as hard but it, you know it's it's much denser and harder uh, it goes on the belt and rope and then over time about you know 30 days or so it will break down and become soft that's why they use that product but what are you how are you first of all a amazing news of the of century right now that I love and need to know. <laughs> how, I have another question. I have a, a sub question of that is like, if it's on the fucking belt, how does the bottom get chocolate on it? Okay. So it's called, they're, they're bottomed out. So what happens is it's actually called bottoming and exactly what you would think, what happens. Is, so I'm showing you with my hands. So we were on, we're on video here. It, it's on a chain link belt. Imagine it's going through, it goes through the chocolate waterfall. And then after the chain link belt dips down into the pool of chocolate and comes back up. So that it covers the bottom in that way. That's how they do it. Yeah. I love that. I love that little dipper. They take a little dip. Hello, let's yeah. go swimming for a second. Love yeah, it. So yeah. Okay, but how are you? What? How are you inverting? Like it seems chemical to me, and I don't. That's not my. I specifically took senior year physics and not junior year chemistry because everyone said it was a bitch, and I was like, no thanks. 
Um, so how are you like, what does that even, why is it referred to as invert? What's opposite? What's, what's, what I'm an anthropology mean? major. I, I, I don't really know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Great. <laughs> no, I think what it is, is, I mean, Leah, your grandfather would be the first to ask, yeah. but it's a chemical reaction. It's basically like a breaking down of enzymes. The, like the, I think it's the, or there's enzymes that break down something else, but it's basically breaking down like the chemical structure of whatever is in the sugar and liquefying it over time. So, so oh, the liquefying makes a lot more sense because it's always in gummies and Swedish fish and all that other shit. They use it for other stuff too, but in a York peppermint patty, it would be used probably with invertase also. And there's like, basically you're taking these two things, which are both sort of sugar. I mean, it's basically just sugar things and you put them together. And then over time, there's a reaction. There's a chemical reaction that liquefies it um, and it becomes looser. Okay. So Jocelyn, I will give you the, the chemistry answer, which is that invertase is an enzyme that catalyzes the breakdown of sugar. So it's not invert like the verb. It's not, well, I mean, it is, right? You're turning over the enzyme. It's it's doing some action. Okay. But invertase is, is specifically the enzyme that makes that the sugar. The sugar mm-hmm. does whatever. Okay. Yeah. Okay. People, there's info and information. We do not just talk about candy and argue about Twizzlers or whatever the fuck. Although I'm pretty sure Twizzlers are made of invert sugar. Um, we learn things here on Candy Chat. I just want to, we learn things. I mean, I'm like you could things. end up, there is such a thing as a, por- a pork peppermint patty. A <laughs> York. That, a pork peppermint patty would be a whole other product, <laughs> but that would be interesting. <laughs> it's a pork peppermint. Uh, now I can't even say it right. There is such a thing as eating one too fresh when the puck is still hasn't the enzyme hasn't worked like you could get one they're never going to let it ship too early but like if you ate one fresh off the line it would not be good yet right so in the cherry cordial product that we make when we deposit the cream inside of inside the cup if we after we put the cherry it actually is opaque. It looks like Pepto-Bismol. Mm-hmm. But then over time, it breaks down and then it becomes translucent and clear. Wow. Yeah. So. Um, but weirdly enough, most shit with invert sugar that I enjoy in and of itself as its own product, I like it. But a lot of it, I would rather eat stale. Okay. Yeah. If the comment for that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't either, but it's like, oh, here it's gummied and liquefied. And I'm like, no, no, I want a snap to my Swedish fish. I want a snap to my Sour Patch Kids. I want. Oh yeah. I don't mind a, I don't mind a stale gummy either. Yeah. I don't want to stale. Yeah. Sour Patch Kids. I mean, I, I buy Sour Patch Kids at Costco and yes, I prefer when they're a little bit older. I I can't even eat, I can't even eat a peep unless it's stale. Do you poke holes in your peep? I don't buy peeps. Like, no, I can't not, not into you like peeps or you don't like peeps. I don't. If I ever eat one, if I'm going to eat one, it has to be stale, but you like, I like them. I buy them. I started buying them for my twin sister in college. Like she went away to American university for a semester and 
So I I have like very clear memories of sending her a care package of peeps our junior year. And so I will often send her care packages of peeps. So and then again, an emotional, an emotional connection. And in the years when I'm bad at mail, I eat the peeps. You can't always get to the to yeah. the post office. Yup. Yes. Sorry, I'm sitting. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm sitting on some candy here, so I'm moving it. I think we should talk about some candy that I did receive in the mail this week. Yeah. Yeah. Called chocolate first. Which is Doug, this is your new your new chocolate that you're working on. Yes, thank you. So we work we do a lot of contract manufacturing. We do some of our own products, the splendid brand, uh, which are mostly seasonal novelties for Christmas and Easter and Valentine's Day. Uh, but we work with a lot of um, a lot of other brand companies. We thought there was an opportunity uh, to create something of our own that was unique and especially we didn't do anything direct to consumer. So we wanted to create a product that we thought would be interesting. We could go on Amazon and sell it direct to consumer in the U S um, we had this in looking in the better for you. Uh, oh no. Wait, we need more information. <laughs> Doug, you froze right in the middle of his what? big speech. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. You're okay, back. back. You're back. Better? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Direct to consumer. We're direct to consumer. Tell yeah. us about it. So we wanted to create a direct to consumer brand we could sell on Amazon. Um, we were looking at a really interesting segment is the better for you uh, segment. Yeah. There's lots of really interesting products coming out. Um, but what we found was they're all dark chocolate and which is great, but most people prefer milk chocolate. Right. And the reason why it was dark chocolate and high percentage dark chocolate is because you're able to bring down the sugar on it. It's, right. It becomes bitter uh, or you or a lot of companies replace the sugar with other things like uh, xylitol or other sugar substitutes. But we thought, how could we, how could we bring a milk chocolate product, which would appeal to more people, but at the same time, not use sugar substitutes? Make it organic, non-GMO, ethically sourced, all of those great things, yeah. gluten-free. Um, and when we started to really dig into it, we realized that most milk chocolates have sugar as the first ingredient. So we worked with our chocolate supplier. So another thing about the chocolate industry, we don't take beans and make chocolate. Okay. So there are large companies like Blummer, who you, right. who you guys know. Oh, they do that. Correct. They do so, the smushing. Okay. Exactly. So Blummer, there's also Barry Calibo. They have a big factory actually in Montreal, uh, just outside of Montreal. They get the beans uh, in sacks from Ivory Coast and all over the world and convert it into industrial chocolate, which then gets shipped to us in either uh, big, like 10 pound blocks, little pellets, or I mean, we even take liquid tankers, like a milk truck or an oil truck filled with chocolate 40,000 pounds of chocolate we pump it into a we pump it into a holding tank when they come. where are yeah. these trucks where are they going when can we follow them what is even happening right now if you drive by the blummer factory and you see a, a, a tanker a tanker like a like a cylindrical truck 
that's filled with chocolate, hundred percent. That's kind of, that's what's oh, out of there. We need to do a road trip movie where we just wait for one of those trucks and then we just follow it wherever it goes. And wherever Be in the car for a long time. <laughs> well, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. We're just it's gonna be a movie and it's we're gonna do it and it's gonna be amazing. That's crazy. That's I know they do their own product stuff to, like like my friend worked there and he couldn't tell me. He was like, Oh, we make chocolate for a bunch of people, but we can't like, you know mom's the word kind of like you i'm assuming right like you're making it for other people but it's like they so yeah so it's there it's theirs it's like oh it's it's this thing so we don't ever have to know that anyone else ever had a hand in it so they'll make the industrial chocolate and then it'll go to either it'll go to a manufacturer like us or hershey or nestle i don't know about right right that's i'm they're probably not working with them but it would go to a, it would go to another chocolate manufacturer, which then turned into a consumer product. Right. Interesting. So like a so yeah, Blommer won't turn into consumer products, but that's where guys like us come. But a Blommer's would sell to you. They'd sell to a Frango. They'd sell to a Vosges. Yeah. Okay. We get, we get right. Chocolate from Blommer a lot. That's neat. Well, and, and yeah. they didn't. They used to have an outlet store, so you could eat this shit straight, straight to consumer in big ass cracky blocks that I would do <laughs> on the regular and they were so good and so cheap. It was ridiculous. So good. Right. But you can't um, like we can't get trucks from Blummer. We can't get liquid chocolate from Blummer because it's too far. So in the winter the the tanks, even though they're heated, will start to freeze and you'll get a heel inside. So we'll lose like four or five, six thousand oh, pounds of chocolate wow. in a tank or we can't pump it all out because it's too cold. So you Holy really have to go within like yeah. you know you're really looking at like a eight hour kind of driving radius to get. Well, and once you said, once you said that for some reason, it crystallized and I was like, Oh yeah, it could. I was always thinking when you would say that, that it was like Nestle or Hershey. And uh, exactly. I just went, no, it's Fannie Mae. It's Frango. It's vote. Like I was like, I don't know. Like it, like it has to, it's probably local ish chocolate. You know what I mean? It's not like they're not going to send bomber shit to Hershey, Pennsylvania. Well, you can right? say it's solid, I mean, like, but I mean, Hershey makes their own chocolate. But, yeah. Right. But, right. And yeah. So we worked with our chocolate suppliers. Um, we use Blummer and Calibo and some others as well. And we worked on it for a couple of years to see how can we make a milk chocolate where chocolate's the first ingredient. And then we just kept saying that enough and mm-hmm. that became the name of the product. <laughs> So one thing I want to clarify, you said, blah, 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 better for you. Is that basically yes. this, this this portion of food or treats or snacks, right, that are supposed to not be good for you? But this is the the niche where it's like, well, you're going to eat this, but it's all it's cool because this is better for you than other chocolate or other snacks or other treats. Is that the premise there? Like it's healthy? Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I think that there's different ways that the market's described it, it you know, responsible snacking is another one. I don't love that term. Um, right. I think it's about some people and not, not certainly not everybody um, want, want to have the experience and want to enjoy chocolate because like I said, there's an emotional connection to it, right. but you know, they're watching what they're eating or they're doing some kind of diet or whatever else, and they're limiting what they're doing. So, I mean, my wife's, I mean, my wife's a great example and every product, every powder additive, I mean, she buys it all. She loves that stuff. (laughs) So we've got it all. And, you know, what I saw a lot when she was snacking, which is interesting because 
my 11 year old daughter, I have two daughters, they're 13 and 11. My 11 year old will, you know, take a bowl of yogurt and put chia seeds on it. And she'll use all of those ingredients mm-hmm. that my, that my wife uses. Um, so look, we realize like there's another generation coming up here that's growing up with this and is looking at, is not looking at food the same way we're looking at. These are the things that they're going to grow up on. And when they're older, they'll right. have that connection to those types of things. And could we make something that offered all this, you know, offered the taste and the experience of milk chocolate, but less sugar. And what we ended up with was a product that has the, we have a, a chia, a hemp seed and a, and a plain milk chocolate and the chia and hemp seed ones. Uh, there's also added benefits of the chia and hemp besides just tech. The, the chia is great texture, by the way. The chia is and, such a, it is of the three of them, spoiler alert, the chia is my favorite because of the texture that the chia seeds give it. I love the little, I love the extra little crunch it gives it. Full disclosure, and it doesn't matter because it turned out delightfully, but I went over there to pick up my chocolate, which I'm going to start opening eating because I really want some Mm -hmm. chocolate right now. So that's happening. So I go, hey, I'm like, what, like, do we want to taste this? I'm like, what if it's terrible? And then we're talking to them and we're eating it and we're going to have to like, you know, figure something out. What if we felt about this the way we felt about Big R Turk? Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, what if we big our turked it? And I was like, that's not going to be good. I'm like, we need to at least figure it out. So like we break them open. And I'm like, well, no worries here. They're, <laughs> They're delightful. So They're thank you. So good. Thank you. But it hey. was, I was all panicked. I was like, oh shit. The you big turk, you go by the, the way, yeah. is only sold. It's primarily sold in the Maritimes in Canada. It's not a, it, it, you can get it in other places, okay. but only people in the Maritimes really eat that. It's not really can, like, Help geography challenge maritimes. Nova Scotia, New Brunswick. uh, And so they're just tough Mainers who like, not Mainers, to me, to me, it would be Mainers, but like they're just tough old. It's the same people as in, it's similar to Maine, but I don't know. It's just a regional flavor type thing. Yeah. My father loves that thing, by the way. I, it's not my favorite. Big trick. It's like. My father loves those. God bless them. They're disgusting. God bless them. (laughs) I mean, the texture is terrible. The own. taste is awful. They're right. awful Literally, in a different way than bad Turkish delight is awful. I've had we bust yeah. it out, and I'm like, okay. So I go to crack, crack. I go to crack a bite off. Yeah, no. And I'm like, you got to pull it. What is happening to this right now? I was like, oh, this can't be good. Right. So yeah. Anyway, got a great snap. Thank you. I'm doing milk chocolate right now. It's got a great snap. And what I like about it is. It's got the smoothness of a milk chocolate, but it's like, hmm, what do I even want to say? I'm going to say a word that's bad, and I don't mean this word, so I need to come up with the right, the right word, the right mouthy word. But like dry, like it's a little more like thick. I, I'm not saying the one I want. I don't know what word it is that I want. This is a good, whatever I'm trying to say is good. Like it's like. I like the density of it. Yeah, maybe that's what it is, the density. Yeah, but exactly. It's it's definitely like it's rich. It's rich, but it, none of them feel like they're going to be a messy chocolate. Clearly a theme with me is what ends up on my shirt. Like that's a problem that's for you. me. I hear you. Uh, 100%. Yeah, I feel like these are like a step above or a couple steps above like if it was just a Dove Square or... To compare them to a Hershey's Kiss isn't even fair. 
No. No, I think a dove is a better, con- at least a, a different, con- a, a, a comparable construct, a construct. You know what I mean? Tell me about the hemp hearts because I think it was, like one, I've never had hemp hearts added that I've known of to like a shake or a protein shake or a smoothie or something. They're a little nutty. I think I expected them maybe to have be more more nuttier to be nuttier, not more nuttier. Um, but like, I why hemp hearts? What's yeah. the point? Yeah. Right. Um, so there are a lot of benefits to hemp hearts, to hemp hearts. Um, and so, I mean, I'm going to look this up because I don't remember what they are specifically off the top of my head. There's, pr- there's protein to them. There's also things like vitamin E and minerals and uh, sodium, mm-hmm. magnesium, all kinds of other stuff. Uh, there is some, uh, it's one of those superfood things. So like, Oh, like know, an acai berry or something. Yeah. So it helped, you know, there's some evidence of helping with heart disease or, or, uh, other things like that. It is a great, uh, plant-based protein. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that, you know, it could eat digestion, helps with symptoms of, of, of PMS and menopause. I mean, I'm reading this off the internet now. I don't, oh, I was claim, like, damn, I don't claim that we don't claim that these products do any of those things. <laughs> I was like, wow. So Chocolate <laughs> first with hemp hearts now for perimenopause. <laughs> right. <laughs> Having so, a hot yeah, flash, definitely... cool down with chocolate first. So I have to say, I think the hemp was my least favorite, but I already in in one taste versus the very second taste I'm ever having of it has already, its appeal has grown. Yeah. Well, the other thing I was just going to say is that something else that's really nice is is you've got a serving as three pieces. And these are rich enough that three pieces feels like a really nice chocolate snack. You didn't lie and say one piece is a serving and then you're adding it up. But like three pieces of this is a really nice, like you is really satisfying. I literally right just had three. Yeah. I just had the regular, the cherry and the half. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And not because it's like, I feel good about it. I'm like, oh, I had a lot of good chocolate yeah. just now. Like, yeah. Whereas if I eat two peanut butter cups, I want four. I want two more, especially since in the the twenty aughts, twenty twenties, like they I'm just really obsessed also. Third thing you also hear me talk about, I'm just obsessed by like how small the candy has gotten in America mm. and how much it is now. It's like that's cool. Keep it the same and jack the prices or or leave the prices the same and make it smaller, but don't don't piss on me and tell me it's raining. Like don't don't make them smaller and raise the price. Like, did you think I didn't notice that my Snickers was smaller? I noticed. <laughs> so the nice thing about uh, our serving size is it's uh, in three pieces. It's 120 calories. Um, there's 12 grams of carbs and two grams of protein. So to me, that's not things I'm looking at every day. Mm-hmm. But if you're on uh, a keto diet or some other kind of diet like that, those are numbers that what became really cool is that the we have the the hemp and the 
chia have the same amount of sugar as a 60% dark chocolate. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of people buying those high cocoa content dark chocolates and because of the reduced sugar and to get to the calorie counts where they're, get, they're getting to. Right. So we thought it was it, it wasn't the intention when we started, but after when we were trying to position mm-hmm. this product, we realized that this is a very it became a very interesting um, uh, be- benefit of the product is that you know you're buying a seventy percent dark chocolate or a high dark chocolate, you know okay maybe for a few couple a few more calories have milk chocolate which is what you really like and here are some ingredients that you're probably putting in your smoothies or putting right. on your salads or whatever else um, that you know will have good benefits and taste good. Um, yeah, so we included that. The dark, cho- the milk chocolate its own is the same, about a 55% dark chocolate because there's a little bit more chocolate in it because we don't have the hemp in the uh, yeah. chia. <laughs> Doug, do you want people to be able to find you online, follow you anywhere? So... Um, <laughs> we're getting our social media up and running. So uh, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say it's not there yet, but uh, the chocolate first is always chocolatefirst.com. Uh, and our company splendidchocolates.com. If you go to splendidchocolates.com, you can see some pictures of my grandfather's factory in, uh, in, in, in Munich and how oh, wow. uh, they made chocolate back then and learn a little about the history of the company. We don't have a lot of consumer, we don't have any consumer products on that, but alwayschocolatefirst.com is where you can read more about chocolate first and then it's on Amazon. Outstanding. Yay. Jocelyn, where can people find you online? Always and forever, Smussy LA, TikTok, Insta, Twitter, mostly TikTok at the moment, a little minorly obsessed. <laughs> you can follow me. I'm uh, at Chicago Leah on Twitter uh, and TikTok at Shy Leah on Instagram. Candy Chat Chicago is Candy Chat Chicago on Instagram and TikTok and Candy Chat Shy, C H I, on Twitter. And I'm work. We're, we're I'm working on getting it there too. So don't even feel bad about social media. You know, you gotta shit happens as it happens. So it happens you got, you got a long happens. way to go. Yeah, I need all of that stuff, but we're not there yet. We're working <laughs> on it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. This has been a blast. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is so much fun. Thank you for listening to Candy Chat with Jocelyn Gayboy and Leah Jones. Don't forget to rate and review on your favorite podcast app. Stay sweet.